What's up, everybody? Welcome back in another edition of the First and Orange podcast. Back after a one-week hiatus because of travel issues and illness issues. It's that time of year. Everybody's sick. Everybody's tired. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. But we're back better than ever. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, Denver Post, Broncos beat crew. Uh, coming to you on Tuesday afternoon, the Broncos... Fresh off the first road division win in more than 1,500 days, 24 to 7 over the Chargers. Uh, Ryan, what were you doing in October of 2019? October of 2019, I was just starting grad school. That's that's how long ago it was. That, My first year of grad school at University of Maryland. <laughs> so I wasn't quite a, a student at that point, but I was covering Nebraska. Um, it, it had been a while. The Broncos got it done. They're seven and six. They're one of six teams at seven and six in the AFC alone. We'll probably spend a good part of the podcast talking about that. But Ryan, I guess let's just start here. Denver obviously really needed a win to to sort of stay right in the postseason hunt. They are right in the postseason hunt. What did you make overall of the performance um, at SoFi Stadium? And also, as a first timer there, what did you think of SoFi Stadium? Nah, SoFi is huge. That, that place is dope. I'm not gonna lie. I, I would say this thing's. The exterior of the of the place is very unique, but yep. like that place is like super dope. But getting into the game, I thought it was a really good all around performance uh, for Denver. The offense took some time to get it going, uh, especially especially when how the game how it started with Russell Wilson throwing that pick. But after that, you, they started they start you know settling in. Him and Cortland Sutton once again showing off their connection with with that beautiful forty six yard touchdown pass. I guess and the catch was just as great. Yep. Uh, it's like, I don't know what it is about Cortland Summer. He just has a, that knack for those insane highlight real catches. You got to like what you saw from Javante Williams in the run game. Uh, that defensively, they were just balling out six sacks, six sacks in the game. I believe five from it was six from six different players throughout the whole afternoon. That's impressive. That, yep. You know, Vance Joseph continues. I, he continues to get my praise the way this this group has been able to turn it around. And last week was another solid performance. And they took care of business. That's what you got to do. Uh, we, I, like, I've, I've said this before. I felt, I think I said it in the press box. Like you can't expect the Broncos to be a playoff team if they can't take care of business against a team like the Chargers. And they were able to do that. And they're seven to six. And it's crazy to think about. Like I said, it's crazy to think they're one game back from the Kansas City Chiefs. And who would have thought that? But yeah, overall, that was a really solid performance defensively. Defensively, they really stood up, and you know Russell Wilson continues to make and continue, uh, made plays when he had to. It was a really good game for those for the Broncos. Yeah, it is wild when they met in Week Eight, Kansas City and and uh, Denver. Kansas City was six and one. The Broncos were two and five. Um, going, you know, then it was like the last one into the bye week, and that was the you know obviously they beat Green Bay the week before to get to two and five. But at one point, yeah, you know. Denver one five two and five Kansas City five and one six and one um, and now it's within a game. I still think you know, and it's not fully beholden to the numbers, which sort of put Denver's chances of actually winning the division somewhere in the like a little bit less than ten percent range. Still see it as as sort of a long shot, and I, I I think it's a long shot, even though it's just a game, and it's it's not really so much about you know, what Denver does the rest of the way is it is that Kansas City, for as much as they've struggled the last few weeks, the their schedule left is pretty manageable at New England, 
home against Las Vegas and Cincinnati. Cincinnati is probably the toughest game left on their schedule. Um, and then at the Chargers um, to close the year. As we know, uh, the Chargers will be without Justin Herbert now for the rest of the season, fractured his finger um, against the Broncos. So Denver saw Justin Herbert and then Easton Stick. It'll be Stick again, you know, when they play in a couple weeks. So, um, you know, the division, even it's it's one game. It feels like there's a lot of work left to be done in order for that to sort of like become a reality. At the same time, though, it is pretty amazing. You know, the Houston game was a killer in terms of their odds. And you can look at it one of two ways. It's like, okay, they bounced back. They got a good win um, after losing at the last second in Houston. And now they're sort of back in the playoff picture. You, That's the glass half full. The glass half empty would be just imagine how pretty they'd be sitting had they been able to pull that game off or one of the games early in the year. But they are where they are. They're seven and six. They're right in the mix. You know, the odds, if depending on the outlet that you look at in terms of like simulations and all that, put them like literally at a coin flip. And one of the things, maybe we just get right into this, Ryan. One of the things that I found interesting is that if you look at like, just for example, the New York Times sort of playoff probability model, the Broncos have the best odds of the six AFC teams that are all at seven and six. And obviously some of that is like remaining schedule, a little bit of that's all the tiebreaker stuff. It would be wild if we ended up with three or four teams, you know, tied for the last spot or something like that. But in general, I mean, there's not much more you can ask for than being right in that mix of, of seven and six teams here with um, with four to go and sort of knocking on the door of of being in playoff contention. Yeah, the, you can't ask for a better situation than Broncos are in given to for given the fact of how they start the year. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the one thing you. you we, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't forget this team was one at five and literally we, we probably, we've talked on this podcast about how should this team rebuild? Should they sell? Yeah. Um, what does the future look like? Is Russell Wilson in that future? Now it's the, the whole narrative has changed. This is a team that when you look at the schedule, if things play out, they really have a legit shot at playing of making, making it sneaking into the playoffs. They, yeah. I, now I've, I'm still I'm I'm not going to say it's a surefire thing, but like you're in the fight. And that's yep. and that's what you have to give this team credit for, for putting themselves in the fight. Yeah. If they don't make it, it's going to hurt, given if because you're, you're going everyone's going to look back at the Raiders game to start the year. You're going to look back at that loss to the Jets. You're going to look back at that Texans loss. And you're like, man, if only, you know, they was able to figure it out in those certain games. But the fact that. You're, we're here um, 13 days before Christmas talking about a team, a Broncos team who was one and five and gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins and lost and blew a lead to the Commanders that they are a game above 500 and in the playoffs and Russell Wilson's playing good and the defense is playing is playing very well. This I, this is a, this is an impressive turnaround and to me I feel like. At this stage, I think Sean Payne should be a guy who could who should get some consideration for the coach of the year award. But I feel like if he gets it, I think they need to get into the playoffs. But yep. he is making I think if he if the Broncos get into the playoffs, I think he I I, I think he deserve he deserves some type of deserves some votes for that award. But I think he has to get in there for me to say, hey, he's he's my coach of the year type of guy. But that's that's how people are going to look at it. That's the type of performance we'll turn around. We've seen that. I think 
it's it's been remarkable to see i'll say that the way this team has turned it around and i think what makes it more remarkable is that it's not like they went in and brought you know signing a key free agent or made a made a trade it's the same group of guys mm-hmm. yeah they they moved on from randy gregory they moved on for frank clark but it's still the same guys we saw in-house from the start and they just did a good job in putting guys in the right position on defense to make things work yeah, no doubt. And and that's I mean, obviously, that's been the story of the turnaround is just the radical, you know, re, the transformation really of the defense um, from where it was at, certainly after week three and even like through five weeks. I mean, you know, a, a 72 yard touchdown run is going to is going to swing what your numbers look like in a game. But they gave up 407 yards to the Jets. I mean, you know, and and 31 points, nine of them were were non-offensive. There was an interception return for a touchdown and a safety. So, you know, really, I mean, you take that, you know, from there on, they've 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 played really good defense and they've taken the ball away a ton. And then the last, you know, couple of weeks, you've seen the sort of ability to keep yourself in a game or or against the the Chargers, you know, just win a game um, without the really gaudy takeaway numbers obviously they ended up with two I think one of them came right at the end um on a fumble that Josie Jewell recovered uh the PJ Locke knocked out so like you're really talking about a game in which the turnover battle was level for most of it Russell Wilson threw the interception on the first offensive play of the day and yet you found a way to dominate the game on defense and and take a game over and 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 win a game um you know they they set up the first offensive touchdown um with the Jonathan Cooper interception off Baron Browning's deflection set up the offense at the three yard line. So, yeah, I mean, it's just continued to be a good, a good group. They've had, you know, sort of like the, the guys you'd expect Justin Simmons and, and Pat Sertan, um, Zach Allen's, you know, obviously a key free agent signings really come on as the year has gone along. And then you've got a couple guys that have really come out of nowhere, like Jaquan McMillan um, and, and even PJ Locke, right? I mean, Locks a guy that's been around for a while, um, but we've never seen him in this extensive of a role. Um, he was a special teams guy, you know, mostly for his first four years. And and now he's showing that he's in a, a starting caliber safety in the NFL. So it's been all hands. Obviously, Vance Joseph's had a huge, you know, gets huge credit for it, too, just in terms of, like you said, Ryan, figuring out where guys play best, how they play best, um, adapting the way he calls games and 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 thinks about you know, generating pressure or, or, or what they want to do schematically. So um, that's, that's obviously led it. And now they're in the hunt. It's, um, I, it's pretty amazing when you look at the list. I mean, so you got, this is the AFC playoff picture. You got, you know, the Ravens right now are, are the one seed um, 10 and three Miami's nine and four. And then the other two division leaders are, are Kansas city and Jacksonville Cleveland's eight and five. So they're the top wildcard team right now in the fifth spot. And then six teams at seven and six Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. And of like, basically, you know, you could throw Cleveland in that mix and you've got, you know, seven teams for three spots. And that's before you get into any, like, if you take this last weekend as a harbinger, I mean, you know, the Broncos definitely want Miami to win the division instead of Buffalo winning because they've got a they beat Buffalo head to head. They, as you might remember, Ryan, they did not beat Miami head to head. So, um, you know, you want that one. Miami's got a really tough closing stretch to their schedule. There are so many moving pieces that I think is probably a little bit early to start doing the like 
you know, uh, well, what if these three teams finish tied or these two or how many spots are there? But suffice it to say, I mean, the NFL just tweeted this out today. It gives you some indication of just how bunched up it is. It's only the third time in NFL history that six teams from the same conference have had an above 500 record, the same record this late in the season. And it's the first time it's happened since 2002. So it's going to be a wild race. And there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. But if you're the Broncos, basically all of those moving pieces all add up to like, just take care of your own business. And, and if you do that, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's so much going on. Like the, the right, the AFC playoff playoff races is wild. Uh, but yeah, I think for Denver, you just gotta, you gotta take care of, like you said, take care of business because you kind of don't want to put yourself in a situation we, where you are scoreboard watching and hoping, you know, uh, you know, team does, does your solid uh, down the stretch for the Denver. They got to take care of their business. And when, when you look at their schedule, they have no reason not to do so. Um, yeah, the Detroit game is going to Detroit games on Saturday is going to be pretty tough. But this is the team that that lost the bear to the to the Bears and the Packers, both teams that the Broncos actually beat. So it's like they're those that team is they're good. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the NFC for a reason. But at the same time, they are vulnerable. And and we have seen this Broncos team, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Browns, they beat uh they beat the Bills. So it's it's not like you don't go in that you don't go into that game thinking they have no shot. Right. Um, especially the way this defense is playing, the way Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson has there were excuse me, the way their chemistry has been on the field. And then after that, you got the Patriots. You then you got you got the Patriots on Christmas Eve. To me, I think that's like you got you got to win that game. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to. You have to win. That you game. have to win that game. I think, as like I said, that's one of those games where like if you can't handle business against the Patriots, then you should not be. You should not be in the playoffs. That's yep. to me. That's how. That's how it should be. And then you got the Chargers again, then the Raiders. I, they should. They, they needed. They're in a prime. They're in a spot. It's like it's like the NFL. The football guys are giving it to them. Say, hey, yep. you want to make this late season run? Here you go. Yep. It's, in, it's in your like they're basically telling Sean Payton and company the ball's in your court right now. We have given you everything we've got. We helped you get out of this, get out of a, a dreadful one and five start. We get help you beat some really key opponents. A lot of teams that most people go into the season then think you guys will win. And here you guys are in the in the home stretch going against uh the Lions, the Patriots, the Chargers, and the and the Raiders. The Bronco it's the Broncos, the Broncos got to see this as and got to take advantage of this this final stretch. Yeah, I mean it's a golden ticket, it really is. And it, and the thing is, like I think you can say that, and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? Like no. I mean, you got to take care of business. But the thing about it is, every team in the AFC is playing for a lot right now. Like Baltimore's trying to wrap up the one seed. Obviously, like you know, the, like we just talked about briefly, like. Miami has a brutal closing stretch and they they've got to try to hold off Buffalo, which for all of Buffalo's problems this year, I mean, if there was a team that got, you know, molten hot down the stretch, you wouldn't be shocked if it was, if it was them. They just beat Kansas city, um, you know, and now they, they go on into their final four Kansas city itself. I mean, not only is Denver just a game back in the division, but they clearly have some problems that they have to try to iron out here over the closing stretch. So like nobody's got a cakewalk everybody's got something to play for. And if you're the Broncos, you're looking at it and you're saying, man, look at, 
I mean, look at the teams around them, you know, like right now, Cleveland, Joe Flacco has played good so far since taking over for them. You know, they're playing without their starting quarterback. Pittsburgh playing without a starting quarterback. Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson got hurt early in the season. They're still in the mix. Uh, Houston, you know, lost this last week, got rolled by the Jets, and they've got injury questions too. Tank Dell's out for the year. Nico Collins dropped out. C.J. Stroud, you know, concussion protocol. Cincinnati's playing without his quarterback. Like, all down the line, none of these teams, like, A, none of them have it easy, and B, all of them, you could argue, like, have bigger problems than the Broncos at this point. So when you take all that into account and then – you know, you look at the math and you say, even if the Broncos lose Saturday night at Detroit, they've got three gettable AFC games, two of them at home against teams all with losing records. And if you take care of business in those three, like odds are you're in, like it just, it's gone from one of those things that it's like, it's gone from like unfathomable that they would be in the playoff picture at all to like, you just got to do it at this point. Like you don't get a lot of chances like this to break a long playoff drought to break a long run of losing seasons and to not only get into the dance and and roll the dice and see what happens this year but to prove sort of that this this is going to work under sean payton and that it can and to sort of set yourself up going forward too so yeah i mean it's a it's set on the platter for for denver and they just got to take advantage over the next four weeks yeah, Denver can't ask for a better opportunity. And when you get to this point, when you're seven and six, uh, I don't care how 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 it started. The right. you put yourself in this position, you might as well just go out and and see how and and try to and try to get into the playoffs. You 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 got no other you have no other choice. Like this is they're they're far away from you know. Um, they played themselves out of getting like one of those top picks in the draft. So you can, you know, throw throw that idea out there. You're here. You're here. And this is a way for Sean Payne to say, hey, like all you guys needed for these past few years was someone like me um in the building. Right. Like, you know, that's that's the thing he he said going into the year. This is this is this is what he's trying to prove. It's like, hey, you don't know what this franchise has been missing for the past few years? It's someone like me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm about to show you guys what I can do. And look at that. And then you're also is also something for Russell Wilson. You're showing that that Russell Wilson could be this guy for where there was question where oh could this be the last year and and the Broncos need to figure out a way to you know move on from him. Well, if he's playing like this, then there's a lot of conversations on him whether he could be the guy that we can rely on for the next uh, couple of seasons yep. with, uh, under Sean Payton. Now you then you look at all right then. If that's the case, how do we get bringing the right guys around him right. Um, in terms of receivers, tight ends, etc.? This is all the Broncos are playing for a lot, and I think where you're in terms of playing for a lot is is showing like Sean Payne is basically showing like, hey, I'm not here for a rebuild. Right. This this can work right away. Now, this if they get into the playoffs, I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna you know make a surprising run to the Super Bowl, but the fact that if they can get in after how everything started and all the right. questions and doubts that this team had from the start to me, that's, that's, that's a lot to build off of in the champagne era. Um, and it's, and like I said earlier, it's crazy that we're at this point, <laughs> we're really at a point where everything seemed lost for this franchise. Now we're saying there's no reason 
that that they shouldn't at least make it close, given the schedule, given the way the team is playing, given the way some of the quarterback issues that a lot of other contending playoff teams are having right now because of injuries. Like the Broncos, like if if for some reason they just implode down the stretch, I, I then I, to me I would count that as a disappointed uh, like as a loss of a season because it's right here. Oh, like, yeah. you're right here. You you play yourself in this position, and it's right here. The opportunity's right here for the taking. They got to do it. Like they they just have to. There's yeah. no even if they lose to Detroit, like there's no reason why you shouldn't win out. Yep. If you if you don't beat Detroit, there's no reason you shouldn't just win out. Right. Right. And you know, and then if you get Detroit, then you start thinking about maybe you know maybe Kansas City falters somewhere along the way, and and you can you can make around the division. So yeah, it's um it's super interesting. I still think I mean, and you know, the thing about it is like they're not a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination. I still think they have big decisions to make, you know, about about what it looks like beyond this year and all of that. But the thing about it is, as long as you're in the playoff picture, like you just you don't worry about that right now. You just you just put all the energy into winning and doing that and and then it all comes after the season. Whereas the teams that are out of it, you know, those those types of decisions and that type of thinking is already sort of creeping into, you know, into your day-to-day operations and all of that. So obviously it's it's where the Broncos want to be. Um, and, you know, then it sets up a very interesting game against Detroit, which, you know, the Lions haven't played great recently. As you said, you know, they've lost to Green Bay and Chicago in the last three weeks. They also essentially, especially after Green Bay, you know, lost uh, last night to the Giants. Uh, they basically have a vice grip on on the NFC North, and so they're just kind of trying to, you know, get tuned up basically over the last. You know, Dan Campbell would never say that, but like they're going to win the division, and so th- they're a playoff team, and they're they'll be sort of trying to figure out how to best get ready for the postseason. So it's still it's interesting. It's a primetime game, and then obviously, like Sean Payton and Dan Campbell have twenty five years of history. Um, Sean Payton was on the staff of the Giants that drafted Dan Campbell. Then he signed him to Dallas or didn't he, Sean didn't, but he was, you know, he went to Dallas and they, they signed Dan Campbell, uh, in part because of Sean's history with them. Then he played for the saints. And then he was a, an assistant for Sean for five years before he got the lion's job. And so like, it's one of those games where there's a lot of storylines. It's, it's an interesting matchup. It's a matchup we don't see every year, obviously, um, and it's one of those where if you're the Broncos, even though you can still, it doesn't change the, the playoff math a lot. Um, in the negative, if you lose, there's a lot to be gained, obviously. So um, it will be very interesting to see, you know, if they can if they can slow down a Lions offense that's been pretty good, and if they can take advantage of a Lions defense that that hasn't been particularly good. Yeah, I I, I think this this is a really I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, I actually, if if you want me to get my prediction right now, I, I think I'm I'm going to keep riding with the Broncos on this game. Um, I just I just like the momentum this team has. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just like what I've seen from the you know, what I've seen from this team in recent weeks, and I I think it's going to be close. I, I got the Broncos winning 24 to, uh, excuse me, 26, 26, 24 Broncos beating the Lions in prime time. I think the Broncos are going to take care of business. Like you said, this is a really this game has a really interesting storyline between Sean Payton and Dan Campbell. Uh, Sean Payton is a guy who has re- referenced the uh, the 2022 Detroit Lions 
earlier in the season in terms of how how his team as as an example that you that his team could try to make some type of comeback and fair enough they have been able to do that yep. so far yep. so i think this that's what so this is like not only the not only this game has like that Sean Payton Dan Campbell relationship it's just that Sean Payton has you has referenced Dan, um the 2022 Lions um as a way to say not all hope is lost with with this year and the seed now you're going into it with the Broncos with a winning record yep. and actually have a shot in the postseason. Like, you know, I think that that's pretty dope. But yeah, I, I'm, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's prime time. And, but I think um, the Broncos are going to be able to pull it off again. It's interesting. I, I tend to agree with you, but maybe this is a good way to wrap it up. I tend to agree. I, I, that's the way I lean right now. But for about the first time all year, we have a couple of real actual injury questions um, as it pertains to the Broncos that at this point on Tuesday, late in the day, we don't know about. Denver did put out an estimated injury report today um, because they didn't they didn't practice. Um, but days the game is a day earlier. And so, you know, this is sort of like what Wednesday would be in a normal week. Uh, Nick Benito, we don't know the severity of that left knee injury at this point. Um, he, he didn't return. He was on the sideline for a little bit at the end of the game, had a brace on his left knee. Uh, he was estimate he wouldn't have practiced today had, had the Broncos been on the practice field. Um, and so that's one where like, you know, is Nick Benito that the only difference between a win and a loss, you know, maybe not, but, um, he's had a good year. He's a good player and he's obviously, you know, played a heavy part in that rotation. And so if he's not available, um, which we don't know, we'll just see how it goes as the week progresses. But if he's not available, then you just sort of like it filters down. Drew Sanders plays more. Maybe Ronnie Perkins is up uh, where he's been inactive for the last few weeks. And that does like obviously make a little bit of a difference over a game. And then the other one is Quinn Miners, who, as we reported, didn't travel back with the team on Sunday um, when they came home from L.A. He stayed in the hospital for evaluation he had like a he told the training staff around you know right before halftime or as they were going in for halftime that he had some chest tightness and he was having some trouble breathing and so they took him to the hospital his heart rate was was higher than it should have been and so that was the you know they said they, they just didn't want him to travel back with the team out of precaution and he, he flew back yesterday um sean payton wouldn't say much about it but did say he was healthy um and they they today on the injury report they projected that he would have practiced fully today had they been on the field so it seems like what we'll, we'll see tomorrow and as the week goes on seems like that one's trending in a good direction for for quinn obviously most importantly and then you know also for the broncos but you know benito that's a big one i mean he would be that would be the biggest you know injury issue really they've had um for for the last many weeks so one one to watch definitely over the course of the week but you know assuming no surprises over the next few days um it's not going to be easy but I, I I tend to agree with you I think you know some points on the board on Saturday night um for for the people in prime time and um the Broncos ought to be right there you know trying to get to eight and six yeah it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um I I, <clears throat> I just it's just hard for me to bet on it been against the Broncos at this point, just the way, the, just the way they've been rolling. I, I'm telling, like, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards where we might see another, another act, um, insane catch from Cortland Sun. I think he got another one. <clears throat> Don't know if it's gonna be a touchdown, but I think he got another, another insane catch in, in him. There you go. 
Yeah, you know, Ryan, full predictions today. I'll uh, I'll withhold judgment a little bit later in the week, but uh, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. We're steaming toward a you know it's a short week for the Broncos. Saturday night in Detroit. Obviously, we'll have all the coverage for you. Um, DenverPost.com slash Broncos through the practice week um, and getting ready for that game, and then obviously on down the line through a, a potential you know run here toward trying to make the playoffs. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll leave it there. Uh, that's Ryan. I'm Parker. Thanks for watching. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for listening. If you're listening anywhere else, we'll talk to you next week.